Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. We are in the middle of our refill series, and it's been a great series so far. Have you all liked it quite a bit? Good to hear. Uh, We started out in the first week. It was getting plugged in. The second week was the power of the word and how one word can change everything. The third week, which was last week, was prayer and how prayer can transform you. And then today, we are going to talk about rest. And some people are like, rest? That fits in with prayer, the power of the word, getting plugged in. It really does, honestly. And I think um, today is going to be a wonderful day for each of us to uh, really kind of come into an understanding of what rest is uh, with Christ. So I have a little thing that I would like to do for each and every one of you, um, if you're willing to participate. I know that with phones nowadays, um, there's such an attachment to it. Your phone, you do your work. You do your uh, fantasy football, you do your Facebook, you do all that great stuff. There's so much you get to do with it. But there's almost an anxiety that comes with it when I know I have my phone in my pocket. Because if I get a text message, I don't know if it's my boss asking me for something. I don't know if my wife needs something. I don't know if I have like 10 emails that I need to check. uh, So I have to get stuff done. And And it's kind of overwhelming. And so, does anybody else feel that way? Like, you're always attached to your phone. It's always, wow, like three. Huh? Oh, raise your hand and be honest. Oh, okay. I love all of you. Okay, I, I missed that part. Thank you. Um, so this is what I want to do. Today, since we're going to be talking about rest, I've talked to some people who this kind of freaked them out a little bit. I don't know if Erin's in here, but it seemed like a huge problem for her. Um, If you would, give your phone a rest for the day for about 25 minutes while we have this message so you have nothing else to think about but what this message is going to bring you. So if you want, you can hold your phone up and join with me. I'll give you all a few seconds. Now, if you take your notes and stuff on your phone, you can still turn it off. If you need a pen or you can watch it again online, you have your refill manuals, which are amazing. Look at all you guys. Okay, on three, depending on what brand of phone you have, you gotta <laughs> click, swipe. My phone is resting, just like we ought to some days. Let's bow our heads real quick. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you so much for uh, just allowing us the opportunity to come and give you praise and spend time in the house, Lord God. Uh, that we get to congregate with one another and spend time with you. I pray today for the word, Lord God, that, that what you have spoke uh, and, and are using me to, to communicate, that you allow it to be clear, that you allow it to touch some lives, Lord God, and, and to bring some truth and speak some truth into somebody today, Lord. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So we ask, what is rest? The dictionary definition of rest is to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. If you go to the biblical definition, it says cease, desist, and rest. I love it when the word defines itself. (laughs) Very neat to me. Um, 
And I really want you guys to get an idea of how important rest is. So I did a bit of study. And if you guys want to, you don't have to cheer. I was just going to try to get some, never mind. Rest in, the, rest in the ESV version of the Bible is, 300, is listed 308 times. Rested is 20 times. Resting is 13 times. You add all that together, that's 341 times. A derivative of the word rest is used. Some of you are like, wow, my Bible has like 1,800 pages. That's not a lot of times the word rest is used. But it really is. In comparison to the word pray, pray is used 93 times. Praying is used 56 times. Um, and prayer is used 114 times. That brings, my math is messed up because I messed something up right there. No, pray is 93 times, prayed is 56, praying is 23. That's a total of 152 times. If you add in another word that symbolizes pray and you add in prayer, that's 114, which brings the total to 264. That is 78 less times that it appears in the ESV version of the Bible than the word rest. There has to be a reason for that. Is anybody shocked? Awesome. Exodus 33, 14 says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is speaking about rest in our everyday lives. Speaking about rest from our job. Speaking about rest when we're with our families, when we're with our daughters, when we're with our sons, when, when we're just doing the things that we do every day that we need to rest. It's not talking about when you're on vacation, when you're going on holiday, when you have a day off here or there. It's not just a time for stopping of doing things. Rest is a calmness. It is a security that comes from being in Christ. So when we rest, it allows us to just be still and be with God and be in his presence. I have a daughter who I speak about all the time. She's really cute. She's really fun, but she is nuts. And <laughs> earlier on in her life, she's only a year old, so when she started walking, we'd bring her to church, and she would walk to almost anybody and she'd just kind of wave, point, laugh, giggle, whatever. But now I think she's just getting more um, in tune that maybe that's not really how it's supposed to work. So she'll look at people, and she'll get close, and then she'll turn around, and she'll run to me, and she'll grab my legs, and then she'll throw her hands up in the air like she wants me to pick her up. And when I do that, she usually gets pretty close to me, and she puts her head right in here. It's a really neat feeling. If you don't have kids, you should have them one day just for that feeling. But she does that because in me, there's a calmness. Because in me, there's a security that God has allowed me as a parent, as a father, to give to her like he has given to us. So we need to know that we have an opportunity when we are in Christ that there is nothing wrong to take that time to rest and nuzzle up to God a little bit. Yeah. It's very good, and it's very freeing. Yeah. 
If we take rest and we think of rest as a testimony of trust in God, uh, your testimony is your story, what God has done in you, what you put on display, uh, what's been happening in your life. So if we take that and we use rest as a testimony, um, it's it's pretty crazy that God gives us that opportunity to use rest as our trust in him. So, so for our testimony, we, we're always busy sometimes. You know, we have people who are always going around saying, oh my gosh, I go to work and then I got like 35 people that I got to meet with throughout the week. I got to take that time. I got to spend that time with them. And they're like, I just don't have time to really rest. What does that say? What does that say to the people who are you, you are sitting down with? The people you may be discipling. Because we're called to rest. And if we don't take that opportunity, we're telling those who we are speaking life into that that they don't have to because they see what we do. They see how we live and they look and they say, maybe that's how I have to do things. But God has called us to rest. So if we use that as an opportunity to show our trust in God that we rest, those people are going to get tended to. It doesn't have to be you. Why do we rest? Well, Genesis 2, 1 through 3 says this. So the creations of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. You know, in my head, I get this picture, and it's it's just weird to me. I showed my wife yesterday, and she just kind of gave me this blank look, like, why? And she's probably not looking up at me right now. But when I pictured God resting, I was like, I don't know what he was doing. So I imagined him kind of like laying down, probably laying down a little more than this, but like looking up at the stars. And as he's resting, he's like, wow, that's the Big Dipper. That's the Little Dipper. Those stars are incredible. How am I going to use those stars in my word? He's like, you know what? I'm going to use them for Abraham. When he's at his lowest point and he doesn't feel like he's ever going to have any offspring, I'm going to point to every one of those stars and tell him, you know what? Your descendants are going to be more than that. I don't know if he got up like that, but I don't know if that's what he did. (laughs) I don't know if that's what he did, but I'll tell you this, that I think when we rest, for us... It's important that we rest in him and we get to, we are his creation. So you know that he takes joy in us. He never would have created us if he didn't take joy in us. So as, as we rest, he gets, to, he gets the sense that we are being obedient to him because that's what he's called us to do. We are respecting him. We are honoring him. Um, we are overjoyed to be with him. If rest wasn't important... He never would have stopped. He would have just kept on doing things. He would have ran over to the Garden of Eden because he knew there was some stuff about to go down. (laughs) He would have gone and stopped that right away. If he didn't want us to rest, he never would have modeled it for us. He never would have shown us. He never would have commanded us to do it. He did so because he wanted us to be obedient to him. Rest is not an excuse for laziness. 
He worked for six straight days, creating the heavens, the earth, light, incredible things, stars. Six days. A lot of us probably work six days. A lot of us probably imagine we work seven days and don't take the time to spend with him in his presence. God desires for us to rest because it doesn't come naturally for us. It is not a natural feeling. We always feel like we have to be doing something, like we have to be busy. We rest because it forces us to put our trust in him and not in ourselves and what we're doing. Mark 6.31, the context of this in Mark is the disciples have been out ministering, healing, uh, and spending time with people, a lot of time with people. And Jesus is with them. So Jesus said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure to eat. Many were coming and going. Many, many are always going to be here. So right in that verse, it shows us that we have to get away and rest. God knew that ministry was going to be tough work. And a lot of you are probably looking at me being like, yeah, well, you're in the ministry. Of course it's tough work and you know it, but I'm not. Lie. That is a lie. We are all in the ministry because God has called each and every one of us to go and minister. We're all supposed to be reaching the lost. Some of us, we have jobs where we get to do it a little more often than others, but we get opportunities daily to speak to others. I'm sure God is telling you to take those opportunities, and sometimes we're not obedient. I'm not going to lie. I don't take every opportunity, so I'm not sitting up here on a high horse or whatever people call it. But it is an opportunity for us to do ministry. Uh, Jesus got away. In that verse it says, uh, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Jesus got away to rest in relationship with the Father. And he just talked to the disciples and said, go, get rest, and be in relationship with the Father. Sometimes we need to understand that we have to pull away. You have to pull away because we allow ourselves to get overwhelmed. We need to pull away and allow ourselves to be deeply resting in the Father. And and, and I'll show you some reasons why in just a minute. Um, I, I use this little illustration, illustration story, whatever. It came to me, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, that kind of makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to you. I remember the biblical definition of the word rest is to cease, desist, and rest. And all I can see when I hear the word is cease, desist. I, I remember shows I was watching with my parents that had, uh, like, police chasing suspects, and they'd be like, halt, cease, desist. You know, Shannon, thank you. I knew you'd like it. Um, and so I picture that. And I picture me as the suspect. And I'm getting chased by this officer. Well, this officer, this is God. He's called us into rest, but for some reason, why is he, being, why is he chasing me? You know what I'm saying? Like, he wants us to be in rest with him. And we're only a suspect. We're not even the perp yet. Okay? So we haven't committed the crime. So what he really wants to do is he just wants to talk to us. 
we should be willing to talk to God. There's no reason we shouldn't be willing to rest and talk to God and let him know what we're doing. Let him know what we're going through, what we're dealing with. Um, I, I felt some amens. I felt like you guys kind of heard that and liked it a little. I don't, let's celebrate that. Um, <laughs> what happens when we don't get rest? I can tell you this, in the natural, there's, there's a lot of crazy things that happen when we don't get rest. We get irritated, we get angry, we get angry with people we love, we get irritated with people we love. We make bad decisions. When we work, sometimes we work too often, too late, and when that happens, we make mistakes. If you're in construction and you have to, you're like, you know what, I'm a little behind on this, I've already worked 65, 70 hours this week, but I gotta go help build this house, and you got a nail gun. You're more prone to accident. Let's not pretend. So I have a couple world examples. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty old now. And I don't know if everybody knows about the Challenger. The Challenger was a space shuttle. I believe it was 1989 when it blew up. Everybody remember the Challenger. Okay, well, you should read about it in history class. You had bad teachers. Um, <laughs> The Challenger was a shuttle that was going up, and uh, the, the leaders at NASA made the decision after the crew and everybody had less than two hours of sleep. They'd been working over 20 hours, so you can only imagine what their days before that were like. And they said, you know what? We're going to make that decision, and we're going to put you into space. Well, what happened is some of the key things that needed to get done got overlooked because people were tired. Because people didn't rest. They made some mistakes and something bad happened. The Exxon Valdez oil spill up in Alaska. Uh, it's one of the largest environmental, um, and I'm not going green on you, I'm just telling you. It was one of the largest environmental impacts that human mistake has caused. It was, I believe it was over, I, the amount of oil that was spilt was crazy. But it covered like 11,000 miles or something like that down the coast. So much wreckage, just destruction, animals killed, all types of craziness. But the reason that thing, that big tanker ran into a barge is because the crew was exhausted and not prepared because they were exhausted. They hadn't rested. The guy who was steering the boat hadn't slept for a long time. And they went in and they said he was not fit in the condition that he was to be doing what he was doing. And obviously that's the truth. I think that's the natural in the spiritual. When I, I can just tell you from my own life, and I'll just give you a couple examples. For myself, when I don't rest in God, I am irritable. And it's ugly. It's really gross and I don't like it. I don't like me when I do that. Um, I get mad at my wife. I really wanted to say, frankly, sometimes she might deserve it, but it's probably not true. <laughs> it, she probably doesn't. It'll, I don't spend time with God. My life starts steering away from God. I'm not being obedient. And when you allow yourself to be disobedient once, you'll be there again. And you'll take another step in another area. And then life really starts to get bad. I had a couple hard months. 
couple really difficult months. And it's not because I'm overworked. It's because there were some things that were just going on that, that I didn't know how to take my time with God and just rest in him and allow him to do that work in me by just being able to allow him to come over me and take hold of those things because I wanted so much to be this mighty, crazy, strong man who could take care of all his issues. I got a grip of issues, and I can't take care of any of them without God's help. So many. C.H. Spurgeon has this, this quote, and it's, um, it, you'll hear it right now. Money gained on the Sabbath day is a loss, I dare to say. No blessing can come with that which comes to us on the devil's back by our willful disobedience of God's law. The loss of health by neglect of rest and the loss of soul by neglect of hearing the gospel soon turn all seeming profit into real loss. If you hear really everything that says, that is deep. And that is just straight wisdom. We rest in the natural because our bodies need to make correct judgments. We rest in the spiritual because the natural is absolutely nothing. What we do here on earth is absolutely nothing if we don't have God and we're not obedient and we don't rest in him. How do we rest? Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Obedience, remembrance, through our obedience and through our remembrance, we remember that we were slaves to sin. But we're not that any longer. We've been delivered out of sin. In that verse, by observing, by remembering, by being obedient, we can see that God has taken us out of, out of our slavery to sin. And those of you who don't think that sin is slavery, trust me. If you're dealing with something that you haven't been able to get out of forever, that is slavery. It beats you up every single day. Even when you don't even realize it, it is messing with you. It is taking advantage of you. And that is exactly what happens when we don't take the time to rest and remember all that he has done for us. Because we don't have to live in that any longer. Because of what he did, we no longer have to labor in order to be justified 
by God. No longer do we have to work so hard to feel like we're justified to be Christians, to be his child. We are because he called us to be, because he created us. Jesus was sent so that we could rest in what was provided to us. Exodus 3, 1 and 5. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. In the Old Testament, the only way to come into the presence of God is if you were the high priest. And if you had a, an offering, a sacrifice, and that was only one time a year. So if Moses were to look and be in the presence of God, he would surely die because he was not a high priest and he did not have an offering. <laughs> he would have died because he would have been in the presence of the holy God it's, uh, this is how I see it how many of you know what darkness is I had like a science lesson with my wife it was pretty cool darkness is the, absent, the absence of light so when the darkness comes into the light the darkness is gone. It's no longer around. It disappears. It's dead. And this is it. The same is true for holiness. God did not create us to be unholy. He created, to be, he created us to be holy and complete. So, <laughs> what happened when Christ died and his blood was shed on the cross is that the veil was torn and that his blood covered us. And so when God would look down from the heavens and look upon us, he would no longer see our sin, but he would see Christ's blood over us. That's why when we go to meet God and come into his presence, Moses would have died. And for us, we would have a spiritual death. Because we were, we've been called by Jesus to die to ourselves. So when we meet God and we get into the presence of holiness, that is where we have to die to ourselves. Because What we say here on earth when somebody passes away is rest in peace. When we come into the presence of holiness, we die to ourselves. And that, that is when we truly get to rest 
in the peace that God has for us, that's when we truly get to find that rest. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.